now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright and so on. It's a rigorous training dished on who know all there is to know about horses and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the number one podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with APF1 accreditation. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the pedal osteitis. Did I say that right, Mike? Pedal osteitis. All right, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Chapter 3, The King's Story, from Tony Gonzalez's book, and also a case study of a horse named Brian that had some hoof damaging. Um, we got some pictures and stuff to go along with that as well. And over to my far-hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? You look gorgeous. You like my shirt with the little pinstripes on them? I do. You know, I've lost. I do. I've lost a little bit of weight. Normally, this shirt was small on me, so now it fits me pretty good. So that's okay. Do I look okay? I've lost my mind. <laughs> Losing well, a little bit at a time, Mike. Well, you know, as long as it's not something you really use, it's not a problem, right? That's right. I have. Last week, I was talking about uh, my wife was on vacation. I say vacation. She went up to New York and stuff, and I was playing hunter. So I've got something to show you. I was trying to get this fox that right? was that was on the property trying to get our chickens and i have a live trap out there right you know what a live trap is yes. he steps on the plate the door closes behind him he's trapped inside and then you can keep him as a pet and yeah you take him outside so here we go this is what i caught now don't forget for every podcast we have we have a matching video and if you want to see this video you can go to youtube and make sure you like and subscribe to mike stein over on their youtube channel and i'm going to switch to camera let's see camera six on this so you can see it so mike what do you see there i see someone in your live trap that's probably not a happy camper so this is uh we caught a little fox he's probably a good maybe 15 pound fox uh probably a baby and mm-hmm. uh, so here's the thing so i showed my neighbor this picture and i said you know oh I, I caught one and the neighbor goes so when you say one that means there's more and i go well this isn't the one that amy saw my wife saw she's like this is a lot smaller he was telling me that his wife saw a dead one a larger dead one in the road because there's a major highway that runs in front of the property here right so what I was thinking was, Mama probably got hit by a car. Right. This is baby now trying to forage for food, and right. I, I had like eggs and raw meat in there. And so this is the baby, and we've caught the baby now. So hopefully all the foxes are off the, the property, and uh, we are good to go. Yeah, yeah. Now, I didn't kill him or anything. I took him about 10 miles up the road. There's a landfill up the road from us. Right, yep. I know where you're talking. I opened up the spring door, and he took off running, and now he's got lay of the land over there. So he was catch and release. Yes, but he looks unhappy. He does look unhappy. And I didn't realize how much of a, you know, you only see foxes in like uh, like zoos and stuff, at least for me. You know, being born and raised in Florida, I've only seen foxes like in zoos and You've stuff. You've probably seen things in Florida. I've seen a lot of things in Florida. But one of the things that uh, it's rare for me to see here in North Carolina is a fox on the run, like just wide open like that. So I thought it was interesting that I saw a fox. And I think there's a bluegrass song to that, something about a fox on the run, correct? I think so. I think so. Yes. Now, now, if you'd like to ask Mike Stein a question, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page is a section that says contact us. You can email Mike Stein any questions that you may have, and we will read them here on the air. And make sure you put a return address, and we'll send you out some free swag, a little prize pack, uh, if we read your email on the air. Now, I've got an email here, and this person, I'm not going to give her last name. This is from Amanda. Now, Amanda lives in Christmas, Florida. Have you ever heard Christmas, of Christmas, Florida? You ever heard of Christmas, Florida, Mike? I've heard of Christmas town but 
but not. In, I didn't think that. I thought that was North Pole. So it's about forty to fifty miles direct due east, right out of Orlando. Okay. Uh, there's no real straight way to get there. It's all these backcountry roads and stuff. So when you see, when you think Orlando, you think Disney World. Right. Believe it or not, they've got a small these rural towns, these uh, agricultural towns that surround Orlando. Right. Ocala being one on the west coast, and this little town called Christmas, population probably twenty five hundred people, just like here in Marshville. Yeah. Now this young lady, she had bought a horse in Ocala, and she was having it transferred to her place over in Christmas. So she paid, she hired someone, right? which is normally, you know, if you don't have a trailer, you know, you, you hire someone to trust them to move your horse. Yeah. So she writes, Dear Mike, what should I do? I was having a horse transfer from Ocala to Christmas. I gave you the whole breakdown of the first thing. So here, here she goes. She starts out the next paragraph like this. At first, she was late, which is fine. It's irritating, but it happens. She was expected to be around noonish for pickup. She didn't show up until 2.15. This is a person that she's hired that actually moves horses. This isn't like, you know, Tom's Winnebago and horse, right. horse moving emporium or something like that. This is a person. That's what they do. There was a big pile of junk in the horse trailer, a washer, dryer, household goods when she arrived. She told the sellers of her storage unit was full. I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, the pony was loaded, and they were on the road again at 2.45. Uh, they didn't keep in touch at all. I messaged her after 5 p.m. for an ETA. She told me that the traffic was bad, and she was, quote-unquote, stuck in Claremont. Now, if you know Florida, that's still the west side of Orlando. Uh, I checked the traffic maps, maps, and I didn't see anything as far as traffic backups or anything like that. Finally, she shows up before 8 o'clock. This is a two-and-a-half or two hours and 15-minute drive from Ocala to Christmas. So you're going from the west side to east side of Florida, you can do it in about two and a half hours. Right. She didn't show up until 8 o'clock that night. Apparently, she dropped some junk off along the way as well. So she's picking up horses and picking up furniture all at the same time. So uh, it's like a, a equine transport moving service. <laughs> like Fred Sanford. Right, yes. Sort of. If Fred was hauling horses, yeah, sure. Yeah. She never told me that she had um, other stops. Uh, she just blamed traffic. When she gets here, she had had no trailer lights. Michael, I guess, was is her husband, was going to try to fix her trailer lights. She denied the help and turned around and drove through one of Florida's worst, you know, one of the storms that Florida has during the day, you know, big, big pour, downpour of rain. Right. And then dropped the horse off and then took off into the rain, into the night uh, with no lights on her trailer and also had another horse that she was delivering somewhere else along with the furniture and stuff in this trailer. The question that she has is she she's the type of person, from my understanding, reading more in her email, that she doesn't want to put anyone down. You know, she doesn't want to ruin anyone's business. Right. She doesn't want to talk bad about anyone. She basically is saying, you know, you know, I have a horse. I'm putting the trust of you with my horse to transport it from point A to point B. Correct. And to get it there safely, whether it's a $1,000 horse that you paid or a $50,000 horse that you paid. Right. Each horse should be, in my opinion, should be cared for in the same prospect. Correct. And don't have furniture and stuff in the back of the truck. So her question is, should she go on the the trailer person's website or, you know, write a bad review hoping that, you know, that'll prevent anyone else from getting in this type of situation or how should she handle this as far as getting this message out outside of you know contacting us and we're giving this message out but we're not going to give the company's name that mm. i told her we're not going to give the company's name it's not our job to badmouth these people right what would you do as far as on her end mm. yeah it's, that, a, it's, uh, it's a lot to digest i know a lot to digest probably if you put a complaint on their website they'll probably remove it but uh you know, I've got a friend of mine that hauls horses. Mm -hmm. He is not an economy hauler at all. When you say economy hauler, what do you mean? He's not the cheapest one on the block. Okay, gotcha. But your horses are on air ride. 
your horses have air conditioning in the horse compartment. Nice. There are cameras in the horse compartment so that the horses can be checked on while traveling. He told me he trade. I don't know how he does, but he trades trucks at eighty thousand miles. Oh, he trades trucks in after. Well, yeah, he said he doesn't keep them past eighty thousand miles. Which I'm like, wow. You know, I've got a shoeing truck with almost half a million on it. Just about a brand new truck all the time. Well, you would have to think about it this way. So if he makes enough money to cover his fees and stuff, you want a nice a, a person that's going to tow your tra- or tow your horse mm. on a reliable trailer, right? With a reliable quote unquote power or a truck. You don't want right. that truck breaking down on no, the side of the road. It's not going to break down. I know that he carries a compressor in the back of the truck behind the cab. Just in case a flat tire or something. In case a flat tire. He's got enough hose to reach all the way to the back end of the trailer. You know, he can use air wrenches. He can fill a tire up. He can repair a tire. Got the stuff in the truck to do it. So this is the reason why this guy um, is a not a right. economic one. There's so, a generator in the back of the truck so that the AC units can be powered up so the horse can have AC when they're going down the road of his hot house. So your friend. does haul into Florida. So yeah. your friend is basically set up. Up for the worst case scenario, right? He's not hauling washer. And his lights work. <laughs> he's not hauling washer and dryers no, he's around. Not hauling washer and dryers, and you know, you're going down the road in a storm. Somebody can't see the back of you. A semi truck can't stop because the roads are wet. He's on top of you because he can't see you, right? And he clobbers the back of your rig. Don't haul without lights. So Don't haul without be, be visible. Yeah. So there's a couple things that when for those out there, we have horses here. We have uh, we used to have four horses. We lost one this past year. Uh, so now we're, we're I don't want to say down to three. Now we only have three horses. When we have horses, now we don't physically have a trailer. We don't move the horses enough to have a trailer, but we physically have access to any one of our our local people, our friends in the community. Hey, you know, if you ever need my horse trailer, let me know. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's that type of community. Now, if you have to get a horse from, let's say, Colorado down to Florida, there's a couple things that you should look for or ask. One, I know when we transport horses, whether it's in our friend's trailer or any kind of long trip, we, we put fly masks on the horses because of the the trailers that we use don't have the open or don't have ac in them they've got the open windows so the the road dust and flares and all that stuff is is blowing around in the trailer so the fly mask helps to keep stuff out of the horse's face right um also and i'm talking you know not going down 30 miles down the road and i'm not talking about that i'm talking cross state lines or any long distance of hours and hours of traveling i know my wife also puts on a tail wrap on the horse to keep the horse's tail from getting all knotted and twisted up as the air circulating in the in the trailer are you familiar with that i'm familiar with that yes so those are just a couple things that you can ask the person who's traveling or moving your your horses commuting your horses uh there's a lot of other questions that i know i don't know to ask there's a there are a lot of questions to ask yeah i don't know if you should ask like, <laughs> Does do, that, you ha- do you have a spare tire that would be that would be one and also i would want to see some kind of uh document as far as insurance that would be a major right uh thing that i would say as well so amanda the only thing i can say Personally, I would let the public know whether you um, uh, tell the name of the company. That's up to you, totally up to you. But I think you need to let everyone know your experience. And we appreciate you sharing your email. And hopefully someone out there will give a second thought or or just ask one more question before they hire someone to to transport their horses. Correct. Sound good? Yes. All right. Stick around, guys. When we come back, we're going to talk about a word that I can't pronounce. What is the word that I misspelled? Pedalastiitis. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back.
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you'd like to be a part of the show, uh, the way you can do that is go over to YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe over there. We have a lot of visuals that happen here in the studio. You can see me waving a mic, Mike waving to me. He's got a coffin bone, a a coffin hoof or a hoof over there, and uh, we'll get into that as well uh, later on in the show. Now, uh, oh, something else I did want to bring up about trailing horses. I don't know what the rule of thumb is, but I know that when you're traveling, let's say days, like from, like I said, Colorado from Florida, and that's the only reason why I say Colorado is because we had a horse come in from Colorado when we were living down in Florida, and I know that the transporter would stay six on, be, he would be on the road for six hours, and then stop and be off the road for two hours. Let the horse stretch. Let the the horse get out move around and then rinse repeat rinse repeat and, and on, the, on right. the cycle there so you want to make sure that the horse isn't just locked up the whole entire trip and a lot of these regular haulers have places where they can do stop stop over set up yeah they have little waypoints and stuff where they can yeah. just pull over and stuff we actually when we bought this property we were going to do that here on the back side of the property we were going to have like electrical hookups and and places for because uh, we're right right off the major highway going into charlotte or going into uh, you know from the carolinas down into uh, like Tryon or whatever right. like that we were going to be a waypoint, but we just were watching the traffic, not enough traffic to come through here for us to benefit from it. But that was an idea that we were going to do. Now, Mike, we're going to talk terminology. Right. We're going to talk about, I'm going I'm to try this, pedial. PD, P, I can't even say it now. I've been talking to you. <laughs> pedal osteitis. Which is the inflammation of the P3 or the coffin bone. All right, Mike. So tell me everything that you know and what we should know about this word on talking terminology. Well, you know, itis is an inflammation. The pedal bone is the bone that goes inside the hoof capsule. It's the coffin bone. Okay, and we've got it on the... If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the coffin bone in Mike's hand. Right. And you can see all this in real time as we're talking about it. If you see this coffin bone, it's a little, little ragged. You know, a lot of coffin bones that... I do have have come from a traumatic situation such as laminitis or what it, what may happen. So it is rough and ragged around the edges. You've had some demineralization. The pedal osteitis horses trauma is inflammation to the, to the bone. You can get some thinning in the bone and the bone can become brittle. You get your perimeter and frac chips out of them. A lot of times they'll end up abscessing from those sort of deals. It's not uh, it's not an ideal situation, and a horse with a l- enough hoof mass un- between it and the ground usually do not have this problem. Typically, a thin soled horse horse problem probably more th- more with the thoroughbred than than you would see with uh, any heavy footed horse. Now, once you get it, how do you treat it, and how do you keep it from coming back? Is it that type of thing, or is this kind of like okay, we there's a lot more stuff going on here? Well, you know, if everything will settle down, the horse will be happy. Sometimes you have to do something. Between between them and the ground to protect them a little bit and uh, sometimes you have to look definitely have to look at mechanics as far as that goes if you got a foot that's being stretched too far forward and you got leverage against the coffin bone compressing into the sole more they're going to be more painful than if you did something mechanically under the foot to increase breakover also if you're fighting that leverage it's going to be harder for the horse to grow sole some of them will wear leather some of them will wear rubber there are some that are so thin that like a pour in pad or something like that they will object to so it's going to be a little different with every horse and toughen it up the sole if you got an open bottom foot you can use turpentine caretex any any of the hardeners on there to kind of toughen up the foot and also look at the living conditions of the horse Um, i've had someone where to fix a sore-footed horse they filled the stall full of gravel like you would in your driveway oh really 
Yeah, and then I get the call. They're very concerned because the horse keeps laying down on the gravel. But the horse was very thin, sold, very sore-footed. By the time I got there, it was popping a pulse. Well, we're traumatizing the feet to fix them. you got to think about what you're really doing. So that's not a good idea to, to put gravel in the horse's stall. People have done stranger things. <laughs> People have done stranger things. Just speaking out of my ignorance, yeah. I've got, uh, in my back, I've got two uh, bad discs that are degenerative. Now, I, they're not close to being, you know, I don't need surgery or anything like that. It's just basically pain management. Pain, pain man and management. Pain management. <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say. Yes. Um, one of the options that I have was getting a steroid shot to help with any type of pain, any long-lasting pain. Right. Is that anything that, that is can transfer over to a horse's foot, or are you just putting a Band-Aid on it and that's not real? You're masking the pain. You need to figure out what's happening with the pain, or is well, there is there a shot, like a steroid shot, that you can do for a horse to help them? They do some joint injections, like coffin joint injections. As far as steroid in the foot, I don't know how that would work out other than if you used it in a, in a joint. But then that's not really going to help with the pedal osteitis, I don't think. Uh, there are anti-inflammatories such as Butte, and there's a few others out there that you can use. Now, is this an oral application or is it a, a topical application That's oral and or injectable and uh, there are topical a- applications you can like old turpentine goes back to the u.s cavalry and probably before painting the soles to harden them up because the tougher you get that sole the less trauma you will have to the coffin bone itself now as far as a horse being on rough ground there is something to building a good callus on the sole there's no doubt about it but when you got a horse that's really sore-footed, is it really fair to the horse to traumatize it to fix it? I just picture myself walking out on my gravel driveway with no shoes on, just barefoot and just like, ah, 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 right. ah, ah, ah. Is that the same and thing if, that the if, horse? If we lock you in a stall, you're <laughs> stuck with that, right? Yeah. And the only way you can get off of it is lay down in the gravel. So which is better? Oh, I'd rather have my feet fixed and soft stall. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have. Yeah, so think about that when you're going to those kind of remedies. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to get into to chapter three, the King story or King story from the book that one of uh, Mike Stein's mentors, Tony Gonzalez, will continue with that saga as well. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you like Mike Stein to come out and perform a clinic at your location as he breathes heavily into the microphone, go to equinedynamics.com and at the top of the page says clinics. Fill out that little form. Michael, schedule you. you got a couple of clinics coming up here shortly, and we have a live, another live clinic that me and you are going to do in October, I believe. We do? Yes. I thought we confirmed that, that you were doing a, a balanced biomechanics of a horse in October, like the first week of October. Right. I'll, yes. I'll get with your age. I've also got something. <laughs> in September. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think you'll be involved in the September one. Thanks. Nobody wants well, you, to see nobody, me. Nobody really wants to see you. <laughs> what did you say the other day? Someone saw me on the camera and thought I was a, a little skinny old guy or something? They what? thought you were a little petite little fella. <laughs> and 
uh, then they said they saw you. Said you look like a biker with <laughs> look, your haircut and everything. Look like a Harley Davidson guy here, right? And you can see us here on the YouTube channel as well. Go over to uh, YouTube and search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good. You can get your uh, leather vest and put the podcast logo on it. <laughs> I should all the way across the back. That could be our colors. Now you were talking about putting turpentine on a horse to get the feet more. Well, I was, yeah, I was talking about Venice turpentine. Oh, Venice turpentine. Which is a thick, gooey stuff. You can get through. You can order it a few places and all. I wasn't talking about paint thinner, but people have used paint thinner. So the reason why I asked that is because my wife, you just uh, did our horses here on the property. Correct. Now, our mare doesn't have shoes anymore. Right. Now, was that mutual between my wife and you's decision? Use. And, or was Ewan's. it... Yeah, Ewan's. Or was this my wife's decision only, or is this your decision because she's not getting worked on as much? Now, she's getting fatter out there so my wife has backed off on the groceries she definitely needs to back off on the groceries but, but she wants to get fatter yes so we've taken the shoes off of dominique right all together right uh amy said that she needs to have turpentine to toughen she's got a pretty solid foot the reason we had her shod the way we did was for mechanical reasons to help with with some issues that the mayor has which is also why she is no longer being looked at to be the show horse. You've got the new horse to be the show horse. Diego, right. Her workload is going to be limited. There's going to be some exercise to help keep her some circulation moving. You know, the, the mare's got a pretty solid hoof, strong, solid hoof wall. So for her to achieve, stand out there and say, I am beautiful, why not? You know, there's no, there's unless there's a, a great reason to keep her shot for, for what we're doing with the horse, there's not any great reason to. Now, if there's a problem, because we can always back up. I don't foresee that happen. And uh, giving her some time, letting letting her feet do what they need to do, and keeping them barefoot, keeping them up, she should be fine. And uh, we, but we have the neck and shoulder problems, and we we're doing some things mechanically to help with the neck and shoulder problems. Amy said that she still can walk trotter. Yeah, but she's not going to be able to canter her anymore based on her not being shot and the structure of what's going on. Okay, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. That's that's. I'm just. Refer- I'm going to leave that. <laughs> I'm going to leave that between her and her trainer a bit. Okay. Uh, is she going to be able to carry herself on her back end as well as she did when we had her set up before? Or no. I, yeah, I don't know. I just pay the bills. That's all I do. Right. <laughs> all right. And speaking of paying the bills, that's uh, why you make the big bucks. As mine are the same size as yours, so don't. Oh, that's the exact same size. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're going to talk about. And we've been talking or reading from this book, The Proper Balance of Movement, uh, A Diary of Lameness by your friend, Tony Gonzalez. And he was one of your mentors. Yes. uh, For many years. Unfortunately, we lost uh, Tony in what? 2000. 2000. 2000. We lost him. Right. So it's been a couple of years. And this book was written in the mid 80s. Right. This is a great, uh, as I'm reading it, we're getting into chapter three and and all we're doing is taking snippets from it. So if you want to see this. I probably met. There's the book right there. I I was trying to figure that out. Probably 82. All right. So here's a, a story of King's story, and it starts out, quote, if you can't help me, I will have a big financial loss. The chapter starts. There are days when sometimes you wish you had no one had ever heard of you, or at least that no one would recommend you. This is Tony talking. Right. Sometimes people expect miracles. To them, you have to become the last resort. This gentleman owned a Pergeron stallion and 12 mares. The stallion had a bad foot and diagnosed with PDL osteitis. What we were just talking about. What we were just talking about. Correct. This degeneration of the coffin bone, which causes a great pain for the horse. The stallion developed this abscess on the right front foot where the pedial osteitis, I said that right, I hope, and the, the abscess in the drainage hole for the infection of in the hoof. 
Bob told me, I hear you're working on a new theory. Perhaps you can find a way to help me with this horse as well. So in the same boat, my new dream was to find the answers that would help out the future of the horse world. Meanwhile, this is still Tony talking. Meanwhile, the time I was putting into my research uh, was not being compensated monetarily. I, too, knew how much a dream could cost if it starts going bad. So that's just a little snippet there from uh, Chapter 3, the, the King story. So you've read this, Mike. So tell me a little bit more about what Tony was dealing with, uh, this horse by the name of King. If you look at where he lived, he lived on concrete. The, hor- the, the horse. King. Yes. And he was flat-footed, and he was really bearing down on that one foot and keeping it traumatized. If you're constantly keeping the soul compressed, it's hard to get circulation and therefore to heal up. you got to get blood moving in the foot. Yeah, part of the deal was the horse was an uneven horse. You know, that's one of those deals that since early on working with Tony and what it had developed to towards the end of, you know, before he started having real health problems, he changed quite a bit. Because, you know, early on he was trying to pad everything up square. But then the more you look at these, the more sometimes you're looking at some illusions, and a lot has to do with shoulder angulation and all, all that sort of deal. And uh, is the shoulder open? Is the shoulder closed? Is the shoulder weak? Is the shoulder strong? Now, there are horses that ha- are low in a shoulder that have a strong shoulder on that size because they're leaning on it. There are horses that have lame legs, lame feet, and you look at the body, and you can have a, a real overdeveloped shoulder on the side with a lame foot. If it's purely the lame foot, why? So then you got to start thinking about, okay, how can we even up the weight on the horse? Why is he keeping that foot traumatized? Why is he constantly leaning on that shoulder? And horses are not necessarily straight. Um, I go to the back end a lot quicker than I, than I ever would in past history. And as far as padding them uneven, rarely if ever. Now, I'm not going to say there's not a horse out there that, that you need to do uneven, some uneven padding. But I work on a lot of horses that are mechanically uneven. And it's not about trying to leave one foot long. It's about fine-tuning the balance for that leg and getting that leg working as best it can and then figuring out your diagonal pressures in the body. So the book continues saying, The next focal point was the front legs. The front left knee had a round shape to it, and the right knee had a normal shape to it. Examination of the hind end showed that the hips were higher than the front end. The horse's weight distribution was obviously toward the front. And as Tony's still talking, saying, Then I picked up the stallion's left front leg to examine the abscess hole. He had been opened very wide so that it would not close. Clearly, I could not have I could not do anything for the abscess. After all, this is really not my department, he says. Uh, as I put the foot down, I stood back away from the stallion front end, looking again at his neck and his front leg. Immediately, Bob wanted to know what I was going to do, but I, I needed time to think. So, and that's, he was talking about the horse named King on, in that chapter right. of that book. You know, as far as abscess, it used to be early on when I started, you dig a great big hole so they can't close up. But then sometimes the horse spent more time recovering from what you did to their foot than they would have from the abscess. And at this point, if I find a good clean drainage track, if I can just get a drain started, you know, when I'm working with a vet on one, that's usually about as far as I go. I learned during my involvement with racehorses as far as getting them back working quicker to try not to disturb the soul. If we could find one an area close to the soul, if we could carve in through the wall and get it to come out through the wall, as soon as that horse came sound, we could put him right to work and keep from necessarily having to have a pad on the foot because you could just stuff a cotton ball in the hole and run, run a ring of duct tape around the foot. It would granulate in, and then you're off back to training, right? Yes. I was thinking about putting duct tape on this little blister I got on my finger. From well, there's some therapeutic <laughs> in duct tape. You yeah, know? I think it is. I mean, it's got to work on something. Something. Right. You know, when you got a big crater in the bottom of the foot, 
you're limited on what you can do. You, you're you going to have to do something to medicate the air. You may have to keep it wrapped. Hospital plate is an option, you know, with like keratomas or, or excuse me, with like a abscess, <laughs> digging okay. out the frog, right. big rotten feet. That's what I have. You know, that sort of thing. Keratomas typically up the wall. Uh, canker is where I meant to go with that. But if you got a canker you had to remove, sometimes a hospital plate is in order there where you can... Uh, Put your what you're medicating the force with, make an impression under the hospital plate, get it almost snug, and let it set up, and then you can put a slight positive pressure on it if you need to. Now, with an abscess, you may not want to put a positive pressure on there. With it's going to vary from horse to horse on what you do. But with a hospital plate, you can drop a couple bolts out, drop the plate out, clean up, medical repack, and put it back on because it's just threaded the shoe, and uh, you got a plate that goes on the bottom, and or there are some pads with plate access holes where you can open and close, made into the pads. And if you want to read more about the King story, you can find this book. If you can find this book out there, it's called The Proper Balance of Movement, A Diary of Lameness, written by Tony Gonzalez. Fortunately, he's passed away in uh, 2000. But this is a very, very untraditional way of thinking about how to fix horses other than just squaring them up and, and letting them go. Right. You know, like I say, we always looked at horses' feet. We are trained in school, look at horses' feet. You don't have any control above the leg. You don't have any control above the knee. Now, that's not so. The more fine-tuned you can get with balance, the more you can deal with diagonal pressures in the body, the more you can deal with diagonal pressures in the foot, the better you can get the body to take care of itself. Trying to relieve pressure, trying to provide support where where need be, and trying to set up a situation where the horse can function better and take care of itself. We don't really fix anything. We try to prepare a situation where the horse can take care of itself and fix itself. All right, guys, stick around. When we come back, we're going to do a case study that Mike's got some pictures of. So now's your chance. If you're not on there now, get on there over at YouTube, Equine Dynamics Mike Stein, and you're going to see the pictures of a case study of a horse named Brian, some hoof damage that Mike had to get a hold of. So stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. back to equine dynamics with mike stein don't forget mike stein has uh directed his facebook page to his business site so all our friends over there on facebook uh, mike's taken down his personal page he wants you guys all now to go over to his business page uh, that way he can get more friends in there he was topped out at five thousand on the friends list uh, and people kept saying you know i want to be part of your facebook page so he's like look i'll create this one under a business logo and then i can have more at ten thousand kind of been taking a break from from facebook getting ready to gear back up again yeah, so Mike's in the process of working on that. So you can still find him. Just search Equine Dynamics Mike Stein, and you can see his pretty little face out there standing in front of his truck. Just adorable. Yeah, make sure you like and subscribe to him over there as Aren't well. are you precious? And over to my far hand side, it's my very own precious Mike Stein. How are you? I am wonderful, Travis. Now, bless your heart. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but all right. So now we're going to talk about a horse or a case study by the name of Brian. So hold on. Let me uh, switch cameras here so we can all see it and we can all be friends. And 
And you can see this as well. The way you do that is go to YouTube, like and subscribe uh, to Equine Dynamics Mike Sign. You can see these in real time as we're talking about them here on the air. So I'm going to go to camera six so we can see it. There we go. Yeah, this oh, is. Whoop, whoop, there we go. So tell me what's going on here with Brian. Looks like he's got a quarter crack going on. He's got a good chuck out of his hoof. And if you follow the coronary band, there's a dip down in the coronary band. Right there? Right. So the big concern is, are we going to end up with some, some scarring and damage in there? This is something that came to me from somewhere else, was with me for a while, and now he's gone back home. He was in, in training. If this was purely dealing with the crack and not dealing with the horse, getting fit, getting in shape, galloping, and that's the kind of stuff, we could look at this whole situation a little different. So, you know, right here's where we first saw him. You know, I ended up going in and cleaning up the foot, cleaning out the damaged area. But still, I mean, you can see where we, we just basically removed the crack, thinned down the hoof wall, carved it out. Got that area cleaned up. Now, what did you put in here? Is this some kind There's of... There's nothing in there. That's just... It's scraped out. Down it's to scraped the... out. Okay. It's taken out. It's been... Anything that looked like it was undermined has been taken off the foot. Okay. And that's that's all we did other than going to put some, putting what was on the foot back on. And what they had on there was a straight bar. Somebody else had started this. Everybody said, well, we could have done this and we could have done that. You know, it may have been a place some people may have put a heart bar on there, which not wouldn't have been a totally bad idea. The problem was, was I'm dealing with a horse that's going to be galloping. And once we get the foot thing stable enough, then you go, okay, if I've got a bar shoe in there and he's really working out and he's hitting that ground and sliding forward and that grabs, then you're hitting the suspensories. So which is the lesser of two evils, right? Yes. If, if we beat up the suspensories too bad, then we got we've got another issue that's going to be harder to get around as far as keeping this guy in work all the way up the chain. Then the question is, if you look at the coronary band back towards the back and the way that that hair is kind of kicked up, yes. Okay, what's going on back there? Looks like he's got a cowlick back there. Yeah, he's got a cowlick back there. But what I'm <laughs> concerned about more is what's going on with the coronary band under it because you see some changes between the coronary band and what is below it. It kind of dips in there at the coronary band, right? Yeah. I didn't see the original injury. I don't know if he got his foot caught in something or what, but when you pull that hair up, it's like, and feel around there, it doesn't, the coronary band does not feel 100% normal. Next picture? Next picture. Next picture. So we've put a, put a shoe on a horse, and you could see the dip down in the coronary band before we did anything with the foot. Right there? Right. And we still got that kind of growth pattern coming down. At this point, you know, this isn't the tail end of the shoeing. The foot's dirty. It was on the outside of the foot. Opted not to really build it in because that was going to be primarily just cosmetic. You know, you don't want to trap any, any kind of fungal anything in there, so I don't know that it was doing us any massive amount of good. And I see you've got the back of the horseshoe kind of bent up in the back, kind of like cradling the back right. of that. That is, at this point, I'm using somebody else's shoe, and that's kind of where I was, well, this this is what they were doing, so I'm continue on with that. Now, why would you use this person's shoe and not go to your truck and get your own, saying, I got something, I got the perfect thing to fix that? Well, you, yeah, you walk in the middle of it, the owner is in another part of the country. Okay. They are very on with the way their ferry was handling. Everybody's going to a little bit different and so i was asked to kind of go with that for a little bit until they decide they were comfortable enough with me basically what it it amounts to so you're trying to earn their trust or gain their trust trust. yeah and at the front end of the shoeing there's probably plenty of metal there at the tail end of the shoeing yeah we're kind of pushing it but then also you're looking at this horse galloping and trying to leave a foot together and not leave it out in the field right Mm -hmm. next picture sorry then 
at this point, you know, we've cleaned it up. We've reshod the horse. So that doesn't everything's growing down. That doesn't, doesn't look so bad right there. Yeah, does that it? doesn't look bad at all. It looks nice and clean. Mm-hmm. It looks nice and healthy. It looks mm-hmm. nice and solid for the most part. Right, and we're still cleaning up a good bit with the rasp, but you can still see traces where that crack line was. Right, correct. You can still kind of look at that coronary band and look at what the hair's doing and wonder what's going on under there a bit. So right? that that hair right there should be laying down flat. Should be laying down flat, and smooth, and it's rough up under there. It's like a little ducktail on the back. Right. We go on to the next foot, and that's where he went back home. And if you look at the coronary band back there, there is developed some scarring in that area. So that's something we're going to have to chase a bit. That is my shoe on there. And the foot's come back out. You still got some traces of the crack wanting to reopen because the coronary band has some damage to it. So that area of the foot, if you notice, I have the back of the foot floated off the shoe a little bit. I right? see that. Yeah. So you've come, you've come back out. That now they trust this is, you. This is a few shoeings down, a couple shoeings down the road. So they trust you now. They say, okay, Mike knows what he's talking mm-hmm. about. L- let's let him have carte blanche as far as what to do with this horse. So you've come back in with your shoe now, several weeks right. later, and you're floating the back of it up. Right. I'm floating that off the off the hill of the shoe a little bit. With that kind of damage, to the coronary band. That's probably something we're gonna gonna have to be done through the horse's career to have a little bit of give room because if you start pressing on that that crack could open up but if you look at what's going on that coronary band coming out that's not pristine clean coronary band either now can i change that not really if we had put a different kind of support on the foot maybe it would have made some difference in the shape of the coronary band maybe not as far as scarring in the coronary band from where it was hit and damaged we've got what we got and we got to do our best work around we can and keep this guy in work so what's the latest on brian brian's gone home he's gone home to where i think he's christmas florida christmas florida (laughs) and uh you know if it hadn't been for that furniture in the trailer (laughs) yeah he would have been all right he did go to florida i don't know what part he is back home to do whatever brian does at home but from your understanding he's still doing well oh he's working he was working when was gone into work here part of the reason he was up here is for training Mm -hmm. so he went through his few months of training and now he's headed back home and now he's going to do what the owner decides to do with him and he's back with the farrier who was working on him before he came up and hopefully we're all happy and brian's happy and he keeps doing his job for a long time that is ugly but it's no it's nothing to be concerned about career ending or anything like that as much as we don't want to see brian back we hope brian's in good health right (laughs) exactly all right guys stick around when we come back we'll wrap up the show and let you get back to enjoying your pony stick around you're listening to equine dynamics with mike stop we'll be right back Hey guys, it's Travis. And are you ready to take back control of your health care? I mean, how many apps do you actually need to manage your health care needs? Well, there's a new app out there that is geared to build everything related all in one place. Go to snah.org. This app gives you the advantage to book hospital, doctors, dialysis, physical therapy, home care, caregivers, and special appointments. It also allows you to schedule non-emergency medical transportation 
options, whether you need a wheelchair or an accessible van or other options. Schedule preparation, delivery, or pickups. You can also track your prescriptions as well from the pharmacy to your home. You can make copays, check prescription status and refills, receive and view tests and medical reports. They also offer the ability to have an e-wallet for insurance and loved ones to add healthcare funds to help you pay for qualified healthcare services. You have the ability through the SNAH app to track claim status and personally file claim refunds. The SNAH app is HEPA certified and registered through the NIP, a member of the National Ethics Association, accredited by the Better Business Bureau. So give it a try. Download it now at SNAH.org and manage all your health care in one location today. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. If you'd like to contact Mike Stein with any questions and stuff, like our friend Amanda with her horse trailer issue, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contact us. Fill out that little form there. Make sure you put a return address, and we'll send you out a Mike Stein Equine Dynamics prize pack uh, right to your doorstep. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. Make sure you follow us on YouTube as well. Search Equine Dynamics on YouTube, and you can see all the different aspects, the visuals that we have here in the studio. You can see the pictures of Brian's feet the horse you can see me struggling trying to read the king story live here cold ring here on the air and also parade waves <laughs> parade waves as well that mike does over there now mike what did we learned today talking terminology i'm going to give it a try hold on the pedial osteitis yes did i say that right pedal Pedal osteitis. Yes. Pedal osteitis. And I might be mispronounced. You probably want to try. Well, you're from the country, Mike. You're allowed to mispronounce Which country? stuff. <laughs> All yeah. of them. Just country. Uh, inflammation of the P3 or the coffin bone, typically seen on a flat-footed, thin-soled horses, and reoccurring lameness caused by subsolar bruising. On an X-ray, the solar profile of the P3 may appear to be concave and have irregular outline instead of smooth. So, what else do we need to know about that, Mike? Well, they're you know more prone to like primary fractures where you will get an abscess constantly traumatizing the horse his foot at this point will probably create more thinning we need to do something to get this guy happy there's plenty of horses we've dealt with out there that have this type of condition going on it's from the foot being traumatized the itis is inflammation and uh need to get good foot under the horse get circulation going and keep him happy and keep keep him moving and then we also read from chapter three of the proper balance movement uh a diary of lameness written by tony gonzalez and here's just one more little snippet from this story this is tony talking bob encouraged me to try something since there was nothing to lose. A lame horse would not help his program. However, he could not afford to replace the animal. So I proceeded to shoe King's front feet. I rejected the idea of a bar on the shoe on the right front because I thought it would have a concentrated first on the lifting and the left or the left front. If the horse was stepped in manure, a bar would trap the material against the hoof and so on the right foot, I just attached a flat shoe. And that was the a horse named King from the book Proper Balance of Movement, A Diary of Lameness. Right. And, you know, as far as far as being a farrier and taking on the tough cases that nobody else wanted to do, and part of that started with Tony, is those hard cases are going to be some of your best teachers, and you're going to, they're going to send you home to scratch your head and lose sleep and everything else. But you, if once you get into them, you got to figure it out. Horses do not always read the rule book, and sometimes you've got to figure out to read between the lines a whole lot and figure out what the horse is trying to tell you. I can't imagine being Tony at the at the time that this book was written, and someone come up to you with this horse, and you 
it, it's I don't want to say it's trial and error, but you're physically looking at this horse and they're relying on you because of your knowledge and stuff to sit there and try to fix this horse. It's kind of like it's a it's a lot of stress, in my opinion. I wouldn't want that kind of burden on me. <laughs> you know, when you're working with performance horses, you got to take a good hard look. And doing what I do, you're tinkering with breakover, you're tinkering with support, and in time you start seeing. Well, he's doing this in the shoulder, so he's going to like boom, 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 and it's building from experience. But every horse you look at, every horse you take on, when I came in to do your wife's horse the first time, we changed up the way the horse was shot and hopefully got her happier. I think we did. Yes, we did for a very long time. For a very long time. During that time, there was some adjustment with that. Always some adjustment. Always reevaluate. Always keep going with flux. You know, it's, it's always in flux. You're never doing exactly the same thing. You're always adjusting. And I used to try to remember every horse I did. But the deal is, is well, I did this and this and this this time. Do I want to recreate that? So I kind of got to where I don't, I'm not really trying to remember it. I'm going to look at that horse. Does this fit? Does this not fit? Because fitness levels change. Saddle fit changes. You swap the rider. You swap the training program. And there's always a slight adjust in what I do. And so I don't need to worry about exactly what I did last time. What I need to worry about is what am I going to do this time and what's the horse telling me. And the case study of Brian uh, had some hoof damage, had a quarter crack, and Mike was uh, brought on to help the horse. Let me switch cameras here so you can see this. And he ended up uh, earning their trust and letting him do exactly what he needs to do to get this horse up and right. So, Well, you know, every situation there, again, is different. I can't say anything bad about what her fairy had done. Right. Everybody's going to handle things a little bit different. Everybody's got their own ways. And the end if we can get the horse happy and healthy and working and all that that's our call everybody's going to go about it a little different way and uh, as long as this guy can go do his job and be who he is and do his best and probably should have given the horse a little bit of a haircut on that coordinator band (laughs) trim up there and everyone can go home and high five each other that's right all right guys make sure you follow mike stein over on youtube Uh, search equine dynamics mike stein you can see all of us here in the studio make sure you like and subscribe to him over there as well and don't forget his new facebook page is equine dynamics under his business this logo now uh, so you can see mike stein standing in front of his big old tank out there uh that big old white truck he drives around and he's got what did you say half a million miles on that truck now not on that one on the other the other oh, truck's okay. got half a million miles on it. that one's got about 190 on it and if you got any questions or if you like mike stein to come out and perform a clinic at your location he's got a whole bunch of uh a lot of visual stuff and hopefully you'll invite me to come out there with you as well sure all right <laughs> on behalf of mike stein over there have a good one my name is travis saying see you next week All of the doggies are in the corral All of your work is done Just close your eyes and dream, little pal Dream